Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs. If you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So we are actually going to cover some car debates this evening. Uh, you guys are awesome. You are burying us in uh, car debate questions <laughs> and news questions and all kinds of things. That's, we are at no loss right for content. It. We're buried. So it is. It's it's like being buried. It, <laughs> that's it's, funny. I mean, it, as as enjoyable as being buried can be, I guess. I don't know, but but there's tons of commentary <laughs> here. You guys are responding to it. stuff we <laughs> that we've talked about, and you're actually asking new debates. So please know again, we are reading all of it. There is. Uh, candidly, we will not get to all of it, but we are reading all of it. We're trying to pair these together to make some interesting shows for all of you guys. We do have two car debates coming up this evening, as always. First off, we've got Ben. Now, neither of these guys actually told us where they are, but first off, we've got Ben, who is writing to us, and uh, he has some very interesting questions as a guy with a family and wanting to kind of figure out a really nice sports sedan, but he's looking at it through his eyes as a CPA, which is an interesting uh, twist because yeah. I am not a CPA. Yeah. So I have to put my, uh, I have to do some acting tonight, figure that out. And then we also have Blake writing to us. He's just found the podcast. He's working his way through old episodes. Blake, thanks for doing that. And I'm really glad you found us and we hope these episodes are cool for you. You've got more than a year to cover now. So uh, we're glad you're catching up. He's got some questions to get out of his Genesis coupe, which sadly seems to be causing him some problems. So I'm looking forward to talking about some options for Blake as well. Yeah, that's interesting. But first, if you have been watching the show for, uh, throughout this year, you have probably yeah. seen me gush about uh, a couple of cars in particular, but I thought I'd revisit mm -hmm. tonight with you the uh, the choices that I'm narrowing things down to for Paul's next fun, hot sports car. And uh, you, I thought I'd discuss you know that tonight. You know, you and I, this is another way we are not we are not the same. What? I mean, I may I may lust after a car for a long time because I haven't gotten up the money to buy it yet, but I, I tend to kind of hone in pretty quickly, and you are like the eternal decider. Although this is new for me. I will say that because any previous car I've just known, like that Cayman, I knew, and I, That's I told true. you early you know on. What? I was That's like, a very good point. I'm not yeah, shopping yeah, for anything yeah. else. I'm shopping for which Cayman should I buy, and I That's knew a great that point. was the car. You're right. The so last, the last round was an exception for you. You're right. You're right. So you are. I, I will give you props because you, uh, you have driven a lot of stuff and you've tried to be do a good job of take your own medicine and just branch out. And I, uh, I am. I, 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 it seems like you've got some front runners now. It, it, I do. Um, and with with any of these cars, anybody listening is going to say, "Well, you know, how can you justify spending that much money on a car?" And I re read through. Ben's car debate here shortly, and he's a CPA and going, you know, the depreciation and all that stuff. And I, I've been waffling oh, ben with would, you. Ben would not agree. He would, ben not, would agree. not agree. Yeah, but that's okay. Would my CPA, but it, it, it's in the category of like you and I talk about getting life experience and the balance between mm -hmm. living our lives mm -hmm. and having fun now and just enjoying our lives and doing what we love now and putting money towards that versus trying to balance that with that. Yeah, but cars are a depreciating asset mostly. And, and life goes on. Yeah, you know, yeah. life goes on, that. and there's always going to be cars and all that stuff. I'm, I tried to balance that with the Cayman and thought I did okay. And you did a great job with that car, yeah. 
you know, strangely enough, Porsches, I, I am not allowing to make this list. I'm narrowing things down, and I'm excited by which the is, list. I'm excited to share. Which is revelatory. If, if the and world no ends Porsches. tomorrow, listeners, if the world ends tomorrow, it is because Paul has decided his next car will definitely <laughs> not be a Porsche. So you've heard it here first. If you need someone to blame, it might be Paul. But, uh, but yeah, so... But what I find interesting is that you have you have had some some moments as we have driven certain cars where you have just been kind of eyes open and been like, this is on the list, this is on the list, which has yeah. been really cool to watch and kind of be a part of. We should acknowledge, though, that, that I have to – I mean, we're, we're way ahead of the game here because here we are, October, and winter is coming. And I don't mean yeah. that as a Game of Thrones reference. I mean that as an actual weather reference. And so while I'm going to drive my fun car all winter, you probably really won't shop until springtime because at this point, if you bought anything, it would just sit. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at springtime really for this and uh, just still – still really thinking about stuff now. And the reason is because on this list, I've only actually driven one of them. I've driven, Mm -hmm. I'll let you know the list here, but I've only actually driven one of them. And that is the Lotus Evora. And that was a recent release for us. Just, uh, uh, well, yeah, just recently uh, as a fast blast. And that was a a privately owned car. Uh, Thank you, Craig. That was really, really cool. And uh, I I did- I did kind of gush driving that car. I, I admit that. But I, I came in with an open mind, and that's why. I didn't come in saying, oh, Todd likes Lotus, and meh, it's not a Porsche, <laughs> and meh, whatever. I came yeah. in thinking, all right, yeah. this could be a really pure driving experience. It could be just another sports car. So what, mm-hmm. you know, which is it going to be? What category is it going to be in? And I thought, all right, I'm going to clear my mind and just get in it and – Pursue driving. Pursue the thing you and I talk about all the time, which is yeah. why we even do this whole thing and put our money after fun cars. And so I thought, and you all right. were kind of shockingly impressed with that car. I mean, it comes yeah. off in the video, yeah. but but just I remember on the day too and talking afterward. I mean, I kept giving you trouble about it because I kept thinking, <laughs> okay, yeah. how deep would the irony be if I'm the one that buys a Porsche now that my wife has a Cayenne <laughs> and you go buy a Lotus? I mean. Yeah, other then reasons the for the world's world inclined. Only then, yeah, exactly. What you're talking about, yeah, you're then right. yeah. you know, it would be a giant mess. But yes, um, yeah. I I was thinking about that car and just thinking, wow, this is a serious contender. And the things Craig said when he was on the shoot with us, you know, yeah. he was saying, "Well, I've driven the Porsches, I've done all that stuff, but I wanted this pure driving experience." And he even said, "There's other stuff about the car that Porsche does far better." And mm-hmm. he yeah. readily yeah, yeah. admits that. He's not buying that car and saying, oh, it's, you know, it beats Porsche in every category. He's saying it beats Porsche in this one category, and that's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and that's why I bought it. Mm-hmm. And it's this feel. It's what you and I are feeling and translating on camera and going, oh, wow, you're right. This is it's great. The, it's, the steer, it's the steering feel and the driver involvement. Yeah. I mean, Lotus has done that well for a while. It's one of the reasons that I'm kind of obsessed with them, and I will acknowledge that. But, I mean, you definitely – you definitely got that. And, and But yet, you've always found the Elise a little hardcore for your tastes. And this yeah. is an Elise and a Cayman put in a blender. I mean, it that's really, is. That's really in, in many ways, what the Evora is. And I know you're actually looking at the Evora S, which is the better choice. Uh, I know you're debating manual because, let's be honest, that's the better choice, too. Even though, you know, the IPS was an impressive gearbox. And I can see Craig's reasons that he got it. He kind of broke it down for us, and I get it. And I will acknowledge that sport setting 
was far better than I ever thought. I just, yeah, I, I would personally have to buy one stick. But, hey, it doesn't take away the fact it was a great car and clearly we loved it. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, Craig was saying things like, well, the manual transmission on the Lotus, it isn't a Porsche. It's not as slick and beautiful and amazing as the Porsche is. But it oh, works true. well. Yeah, yeah. It works, and it works well, and it's fun. And then and there's we were the, talking about the IPS. The, and thinking, mm-hmm. well, I could do, uh, you know, if and when that ever occurs, you could do the software transmission upgrade if, like I said, if Lotus even does that for prior S because the Evora 400 oh, is coming out. If it's similar to the 400, and yeah, And so we thought, point, well, possibly, you know, they're keeping yeah. that same transmission and doing a, a, you know, a software upgrade for that. So why couldn't, you know, prior owners, just like uh, mm. you and I talking about yeah. them, the McLaren uh, owners and upgrading their cars yeah. just by virtue of software the tw- and going... The 12C, yeah. Yeah, right. possibly. You Who know, knows? That's an interesting thought, getting too. Getting a few of those benefits that upgraded owners, you know, those car owners would uh, would receive. So I thought, so that's the one you've driven. What else is out there? So the, the, uh, the next car is a car that recently has been dropped on the planet, and that is the BMW oh, yes. M2. And wow. I, again, nobody's driven this car yet at this point. Well... But, however, uh, however, knowing how much – I mean, go back and watch this one. I mean, you, you really can kind of walk through Paul's headspace if you choose to because going back and seeing how much you liked the M235i, yeah. which was a front runner for you, and you went, I wonder what the M2 is going to be like, and then ba-boom, the N2 is, <laughs> M2 is out. And knowing how much do you like the 235i, I think it's pretty clear that you're going to love the M2. I love how it looks. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we we don't know exactly what it drives like, but if it's any indication, if they've used that M235i and grown from there with power and, you know, track width and all that stuff. Stands to f- reason that they would have. Flared yeah. Yeah, fenders. Yeah, 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 it sits right. It just, it sits right. Uh-huh. It's what the uh-huh. 235i needs to be. And it just... It sits right. The stance is great, and it's power. <laughs> does does and, it sit right? Oh yeah, my gosh, it. the blue color and the, oh, I am, I am <laughs> seriously, yeah, having. Yeah, a, I know you are. I know you are. So that's a I've that's a good front runner, and then, and then you have one more. And, and what I like is these three are very different. What's your What's your third? They one are, now? and I'm gonna throw in a uh, one that I mentioned to you the the other night as just as a. Just as a consideration, because I'd, I'm curious to hear audience feedback on this too, but it's not really a front runner, but I just thought, all right, I'll throw this in. Um, the third one is the Focus RS, and purely because of, of power, we love the ST, and wow, mm-hmm. look at the price, mm-hmm. because they're claiming yeah. Yeah, starting yeah. under 40, I'm sure it'll be just above 40, but in comparison to the other, other two, that's a bargain. And if dealers well, don't mark it up, if they're not greedy and they don't mark them up and you can actually get one, hmm, this could be interesting, you know? And, and, and in many ways, I mean, it's interesting how that car seems to suggest it's going to fill the vacuum left by the Mitsubishi Evo. Yes. It, it seems to be that that RS is going to step into that world. However, it's going to maintain the hatch that the STI lost. So it's like, it's almost like... They didn't, but it's almost like Ford looked into the future and went, well, the Evo's going away and the STI doesn't have a hatch. We should make an Evo hatch and just take it. So <laughs> take I, I'm very curious segment. to drive yeah. that. Exactly. I'm very curious to drive that car as most everybody is. That is an oh, interesting man. threesome, though. I mean, you've got three different engine configurations, different drivetrain yep. variations. Yep. I, I, Yeah. The thing about the RS is, I mean, you have your Jeep. But you could drive that RS year-round if you well, want. Well, I was thinking that. I was thinking, you know, getting sideways and drifty through snow drifts and winter tires. Of course. And, you know, through corners. And yeah. Uh, 
man, that would yeah. be awesome. And then this fourth car, like I said, I mentioned it to you because somebody's going to say, fourth. "Okay, go on." If if I'm in the forty to seventy thousand dollar price range with these cars, yeah. There's yeah. this 2016 Mustang GT350 and the GT350R oh, with carbon sure. fiber yeah. wheels and yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. the flat crank engine. And holy cow, just the specs are impressing me. Now, this, I, I'm just not sure how that would work, really. I, I don't know. It just seems like, wow, this could be a third car that's very track focused and, you know, mm. big. Yeah, kind of heavy. I see why you're adding car. it. I see why you're adding it. But talk about a car that's got going to have markup. I mean, the thing is, the no, M2 yeah. will have a little bit, but the M2 won't. I don't think the M2 will have a ton of markup because they are going to mass produce them, unlike the 1M, and they do have the M3, M4 above it to keep the price somewhat realistic. The that's Evora that's is marked point. down. The Evora is marked down because the 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 Evora S because the 400 is coming, so it will be marked down. The RS may have a premium, but it's not exactly, uh, I mean, it, I think it will have a bit of a premium, but I don't think it's going to have much of a premium. However, that Mustang, I bet you, is going to go for 10 to 15 above sticker. And so? at that point, I, I just think it will. I think it will. It's certainly the 350R, I think, I just, that seems like the classic example of a car that is bound to be sold for more than it's worth. I just, yeah. I, I think it's probably going to happen. Yeah, it's obviously remains to be seen, and obviously we want to drive it, but I, I'm yeah. not sure how it really fits into my proclivities because I'm not sure uh, about how it drives yet. But, uh, you know, again, because of price, I had to think, all right, I've got to throw that in there just as a consideration it's, because – It should go there. I see that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the base price. But if it if it is, I mean, we're talking 75, 80 grand for that thing. And at that point, no way. I, I don't want to spend that yeah. kind of money mm-hmm. on a – even if it's an awesome Mustang, which it probably will be, I don't want to spend that kind of money on that car. Well, I think so. I think it'll fall into that category where people will pay a premium for it to say they have one. And then, you know, a year I later suppose. it'll settle out. But the initial – I mean, the Z28 suffered from I was going to say, too. people were doing that with the Z28 and just going in and yeah. plunking down yeah. cash. And it's awesome. And you get and these – And overpaying. Trofeo and cool, R tires and I, the madness. I have and, so much trouble. I have so much trouble ever making anybody justify I paid extra. I, I don't get yeah. that. No matter how awesome the car is – at that point, I just feel like it's financial bragging rights. That's just my take. But, it is, but anyway. and I hate that. That's an interesting foursome to add. I, I see that. Uh, you I know, see your just, fourth one there. I, I, yeah, okay. It's All just right. an outlier. I don't really consider it a fourth. It's just sort of a, well, okay. You know, it is in that it's world. It's there. Though. It's yeah. in that world. But, man, that M2 is something hot. That is special. Yeah, it looks Ugh! It looks amazing. Like it looks thing. amazing, and that would that would that would solve the whole German car thing for you it as well. Would, so, see? Uh, but I have to I have to give you there. I have to give you props for for actually seriously considering the Evora S, and I'm going to of course keep banging the drum for that because let's be honest, I'd like to drive it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that you have looked at that as seriously as you have, and thanks again to Craig for that. And if you haven't seen that fast blast review of that Evora S, you should yeah. watch it because it's a cool car. We had a cool location as well, so uh, that was a first of a few fast blasts that we're doing that were all shot in the San Jose area uh, that are all coming up. Uh, then Actually, there's another one this week. The yeah, CTSV we've got more coming wagon. up. Yeah. CTSV wagon is this week, and coming up in a few weeks, we have a stock, I mean fully bone stock, 90s Honda Integra. This is cool. That is cool. Acura Integra that is going to be coming up. That, and, and it was this shocking cool. to find one that was just 
here it is fully stocked. So those of you that have said, hey, what about an, an import classic? It is coming as well, and that's from that same San Jose shoot, so that's very cool. Yep. We should yep. move on and actually do something resembling a card right. deck, maybe. What do All you right. think? Well, we'll jump in here, and uh, as you introduced at the top of the podcast, it's, uh, it's Ben, who lives somewhere. As my dad said, everybody is somewhere. Everything's somewhere. So yep. he's somewhere. He is somewhere. And yep. uh, he is Congratulations, a, uh, Ben. You're somewhere. He's somewhere. So he is a financial accountant. He's a CPA and apparently desperately in need of a new car. I, I'm reading the story. It's a long letter mm-hmm. here, which is great. It gives us good lots story. of information, good yeah, yeah, yeah. starting off with the fact he currently has a 2002 Honda Civic Si. And he's got this background, though, with MR2, Mr. Two. Uh-huh. And it looks like he's, he's swapping an engine. He's doing this Toyota MR2 turbo swap into the new, well, new to him MR2 that he got because when he was 16, he had one of those cars and apparently took it for granted. He really didn't yeah. look at it yeah, as the driver's it. car that it was. And yeah, wrecked it. Wow. Huh. But okay. So he's got a new to so him. It's, it's, it's the 88. It's the early generation. It's an 88 yeah, I'm MR2. Reading this now. Uh, which That's is actually not the one. I've driven the next generation and onward. So it's the 88. I haven't driven that one. I have to acknowledge that. Was he's the got that one, of course. This is a tiny... Gen tiny chuckable car and he's swapping out an engine so it's going to have about 265 horsepower in that little mosquito of a mid-engine car car. so that is sitting in his garage being built for his project car for spring so keep that in in the back of your mind as okay so that car exists he's going to drive it hard he might track it he's excited about t-tops because let's be honest t-tops don't exist anymore and that's that's kind of sad but anyway he's excited about t-tops a lot of power in a mid-engine car t-tops can they can be cool. I mean, uh, I honestly kind of prefer the Targa over the T-Tops. But the T-Top, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like pop-up headlights where it's just kind of like, hey, pop-up yeah, that's kind of cool. cool. You we know, should bring so those he back. Has this, those are cool. He has the Civic Si he can't wait to get rid of. He has this MR2 for just full-on track duty. So the Civic's going to get kicked to the curb. And what's fascinating to Ben is that thing that we talk about sometimes, and that is look at how much car I can get thanks to the gods of depreciation. So he's looking yeah, at, I mean, yeah. you, you see this list here? You see this list here? He's got a wife and a kid, and he wants to spend about $20,000, and his list of stuff is high-end. He's talking about five heavy-duty 5 Series Beamers. He's talking about the Audi S6. Now, I don't know how old you have to go to get under twenty grand on that, but I think pretty old. He's talking about the M5. He's talking about a couple of different AMGs. He's going, okay, guys, I want, here's his criteria. Under twenty grand, ideally under a hundred thousand miles, but he wants to get something that looks like he's a grown up. That's what is bugging him about his mm, Civic Si. Mm, he yeah. doesn't need a full on like track car because that's what the MR2 is going to be. So he wants a fast, classy sedan that looks like he's a, he is what he is. He's a CPA. He's a grown up. He's a family man. Interesting. This is a great story, and I, I like that he's really pushing on the $20,000 price cap, obviously, because he's an mm-hmm. accountant. And, yeah, we all get it. It's hard to justify that. But, um, Ben, as Todd has so succinctly put it in past podcasts, any of these cars that you've got on the list here, the 540i, the S6, M5s, E55, E63 AMGs, he's even got the V8 yeah, the uh, Phaeton wow. on here. Yep. Whatever yep. those cars cost new, they're seventy grand, they're eighty grand, they're hundred and ten thousand dollars. Whatever that is, mm-hmm. yes, they're twenty thousand dollars now. 
But when you take it in for service, guess what? It magically transformed back into the $70,000 car that it was new. For service, yeah. for parts, yeah. for upkeep, mm -hmm. all that stuff. It's suddenly not a $20,000 car. It is not a Corolla. It's not a Honda Accord. It is an expensive car for maintenance. Now, you can kind of get around that by A, doing some work yourself, or B, finding a good mechanic that, you know, will give you a decent price and, and is Go um, with a good independent, more of an yeah. independent mechanic. But generally speaking, yes, those cars are awesome. We love them. I, I do have one weakness that is in that category that I will recommend to you. But generally, I will say, you know what, for your situation, because here's the twist, is his father in law. Yeah. His father-in-law yeah, spent a long time as a Porsche mechanic, 10 years as a Porsche mechanic, and has now been a Lexus mechanic for the past 15 years. So mm -hmm. the man knows a thing or two about cars and about Japanese versus European cars. But it turns out he's hey. a Chevy guy. Uh, despite all that, he's a Chevy guy. Yeah. And so Ben is having trouble trying to say, look, this is what I want. You know, I want to. I want to get a German Euro, car. Yeah, German yeah, yeah. car, and here's what I want, and I, I get it. I, convincing a guy well, like that can be father -in-law, honestly. Father-in-law, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two routes with that though, Ben. Here's the thing: father-in-law is essentially saying buy American, ideally buy Chevy or buy Lexus. That's kind of what is being stated here: is that father-in-law is pushing right. one of those two areas. And while I get that, let me say to th this though: you just brought up the point, Paul that if he gets a, a used German car, he needs an independent mechanic that can do work cheap. Hello, father-in-law. <laughs> well, hi. that's true. That's hi. very true. Seriously. I mean, here's something. Would he, though? You let's, gotta, let's, let's hope. I mean, let's you know. hope. Uh, and every, every marriage relationship is different. Let's hope you have a good relationship with your father-in-law. If yeah. you do, yeah. you guys could actually work on something together and have something. Okay, you could have something that you and your father-in-law do together. You could, I mean, let's hope you get a car that's reliable. I don't want you to get a money pit. Don't get a money pit to hang out with father-in-law. I'm not suggesting that at all. But if you need to get something done, <laughs> you need to get some maintenance stuff, then maybe he could help you out. However, hmm. well, I've got a lot of, lot of thoughts on this. But, but so you're going to have to bring him around German cars. But the other thing I think is funny about that is 10 years as a Porsche mechanic, why are German cars a stretch? I, right. I mean, granted, uh, Porsches I mean, are fairly reliable in the German car world, but but you brought you up so much running. expensive. You brought up so much expensive metal here. I mean, yeah. the only kind of non-expensive metal on here is the the Acura TL all-wheel drive because you've said you don't want front-wheel drive. You want either all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, and your wife has asked that it be an automatic. So we're looking for the classy sedan, and I actually I want to follow a couple of these rabbit trails you've listed <coughs> here. But I actually also have one that's not a couple that are not on your list that I'm surprised by. But you said one of them really struck you, Paul. What was that? Uh, well, actually, the three that I have, I've got three choices for Ben here. And none of them are on his list, as a matter of fact. And uh, okay. you know when you have a thought and you kind of think, ah, I'm kind of pleased with myself now. I had that thought because I uh -oh. thought of a car for you, Ben. Um, Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, my, my weakness, funny enough, from that category of, hey, used to be expensive, a bit older now, they're great deals, should I own one? It's the 2001 to 2003 Audi S8. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They are, I, I like them because they're such a sleeper. And the sheet metal is, it, it's not very stylish. It, it's... Yeah. It's the early years of Audi finding its design language and applied to the big sedan. And so you could say, oh, those are pretty plain and boring looking. But those things are 
proven to be robust. The and, early ones, yeah, the early ones. You know, you find them used, they'll have 150,000 miles on them, no problem. And they're all-wheel drive, fast, luxury, Autobahn bombers. And I just, I love those things. I just don't know how much I they see cost what you to did maintain. There. I see what you did there. Here's the thing. You've actually kind of backed your way next to one of my recommendations I want to talk about. Oh, really? I see what you did there. My recommendation that I'm surprised is not on his list because you have the V8 Volkswagen Phaeton on here. Mm -hmm. What you don't have is the Audi A8. I submit to you, Ben, get an Audi A8 and not a Phaeton. And here's why. When you need something done, those Phaetons required special training for guys to know how to work on them. And they were extra complex. Mm -hmm. So I think your ability to find a Phaeton, let's just say for sake of argument, because I've heard that the W12 ones can be nightmarish unreliability, but Uh the V8s are probably okay, okay? Sure. But the Phaeton is heavier than the Audi, but it was massively over-engineered. And as a result, a lot of places just don't have somebody that knows how to work on it. And it's got a lot of very technical, very difficult things going on in the car. So I think the scary part of owning the Phaeton is getting anybody that has any idea what they're doing to work on it. So I think you get most of the benefit of the Phaeton (laughs) with a car you can just have somebody work on and make run by getting the Audi A8. You'll, you'll pull that in. People and say, I, hey, nice Passat Phaeton. What is this? Exactly. I nice, don't know what nice, this nice, is. Nice, nice Passat Phaeton. It's the yeah, Passat awesome. XL, like right? As you yeah, said. The, the, yeah, it's the, Je- the Jetta XL. Jetta exactly. XL, that's right. I saw. That's right. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think you really should consider an Audi A8 because the other thing that happens with the Audis is that they just plummet. There's enough yeah. of them. Yeah. I mean, the Phaetons are an unbelievable deal right now, and that's true. But the, but there's enough Audis that you probably can get one that's not that old that is under your mileage cap that you can get a surprisingly good car. And there is no question that car looks like a grown-up man's car. Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. that, that oh, Audi yeah. A8 has I am an adult kind of presence. In fact, I would almost argue, Ben, that at around 30, you may be a little young for the Audi A8, but you're rocking an Audi A8. That's, I mean, that's that a is, baller car for, for Ben. That's a car that says I am a grown man. I mean, so I, I say it's A8 over Phaeton, and that's kind of my favorite. Off, I'm kind of taking a lot of the things off your list and kind of leaning toward the Phaeton. If you wanted to go, I'm, I'm on a roll, so if you, I'm going to stay here. If you're yeah, going to go, good. though, away from away from German, I'm surprised you don't have the Infiniti G37 sedan listed. Hmm, I didn't think of that. Because you can get it rear-wheel drive. Hmm. You can get Japanese reliability. Now, that, that interior and the, and the prestige isn't up there with the AMGs. It's not up there with the Audi A8 or the M5. I get that. But it's going to be cheaper to buy. It's going to be cheaper to maintain. The engines are great. The interior is not quite as nice, but those are good cars. They're decent dynamically. I mean, you're, you're worried about having something that feels like a luxury car. It checks that box. It's rear-wheel drive. There's a lot of them out there. I think you could find a real good deal on one of those, and it's just going to run. Hmm. That's interesting. I like that idea. I, I, and I think it's going to have a lot more personality than buying yourself the big LS sedan from Lexus. It just is. Yeah, don't do that. I'll find you and strangle you, Ben, if you buy the LS430. I will Wow, that got violent and, suddenly. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. It's just don't yeah. give in. I feel like that's a car that you just sort of, well, okay, I needed something big and reliable, and it's going to run 300,000 miles, and it doesn't do anything for me driving dynamically, but well, okay. Here's th- 
Ben, you know? Ben's Ben's description has suggested that that car he has on his list because he feels like he should, and not because he wants to. But the is rest that of because his of his father-in-law? Very clearly, because I his think it's father-in-law and reliability. I think that's exactly what it is. That becomes that pretty clear. Though? That's pretty clear in this listing because come on, you've got a, you've got a VW Phaeton. And you've got a Lexus LS sedan <laughs> yeah. because Hello. father-in-law is a, Lexus L- is, a, is a Lexus mechanic. It's pretty clear to me that car's on there because it should be and not because he went, you know what I want? I want a Lexus LS. Hmm. So there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think it's for you, Ben. Ben, a technical tidbit for you, something you might not have known, is that early Audi, well, all the A8s are aluminum. Whereas even yep. though even though the Phaeton shares the platform, it is built out of steel, and therefore exactly. it is it is one thousand pounds heavier. If you mm-hmm. can believe it, the mm-hmm. the A8s are four thousand and change, and the Phaetons are five thousand and change. They exactly. are heavy exactly. cars. And furthermore, Very. the Phaetons were built on the same production line. They still are as the Bentley Continental. They share the same production mm-hmm. facility in Dresden, Germany. Whereas, again, even though the platform is the same, the Audis are built in a different factory. So mm-hmm. it's a it's an electric car. Think of v, you know, Volkswagen Phaetons built next to Bentley Continentals. And now think of taking that to a dealer in parts and service and all that kind of stuff. Yikes! So well, but you know that you know that. that I've circled I've circled those cars a couple times because I continue to be amazed by what they are and totally. the fact that nobody knows what they totally. are, and yet you can get them for a song. And every time I dig in, the thing that kind of scares me off is the fact that so much is packed into that car technology-wise that you've got to have a tech who goes, "Oh yeah, a Phaeton. Sure, I know what I'm doing." And good luck finding that guy in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ben, I uh, I've got two more choices for you here, and I want to I want to give okay. those to you quickly here. And uh, I went shopping for you. You gave us a twenty thousand dollar budget, but I pushed that just a little bit. Uh, I, I bumped it up to twenty four thousand. But here's what okay. I found for you, and that is something I think is going to check all your boxes, even the father in law box, and that is interesting. A okay, used twenty fourteen Cadillac ATS. I found mm. one here. It's the turbocharged four-cylinder mm. engine, good gas mileage. It is a luxury car. We were surprised yeah. by how much we like that car. You're, we like the V6. You're going to have to find a car with the magnetic ride control, and that is the surprise fun addition. That will make yeah, that okay. car fun. Okay. Look at this. 25,000 miles for 23,000 and change, which means you can talk them down 22-ish somewhere so not that much more than your budget and that is you know a what, real man? sporty luxury car for bravo you, i think that yeah, says I, coming in i think age, that's a fantastic honestly all that stuff i like that better than my infinity choice well i thank genuinely you. do thank you i, I genuinely that, that ats ben that is that is a great idea i hadn't even i hadn't even gone there I hadn't even thought that new that's a i i like that a lot actually and, and here's why your father-in-law is going to like it because it's a gm car He's a Chevy guy. Mm-hmm. It's a General Motors car. Yep. yep. And that takes the whole worrisome thing about all the German maintenance. It takes that out of the equation for you. It's a luxury car, yes. So, you mm-hmm. know, of course, anything like that. But, man, what a great car. It's so stylish. It's so striking. And I just Here's, think we could recommend BMWs and Audis and that kind of thing. But I think, well, then you're just going to be another guy in a BMW and Audi. Not to say that's a bad thing. Yeah. I love those cars. I want to be in them. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just think that's an. I think it's a. 
here's a here's the choice. only you know I, I I like I like that idea a lot actually. Here's the only potential holes I'm going to shoot in your idea. Okay, and I'm thinking out loud here, because the 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 real party piece, the great thing about that ATS that people don't realize is honestly it handles even better than you think. In that market segment, it, it, uh, among its competitors, it just kind of wins as far as handling is concerned. But if this is going to be your family cruiser, not not a car that's going to ever really going to have any kind of handling, you're going to notice the handling kind of driving. Then what you're going to notice is going to be the thing that has an amazing ride, lots of tech, and a great drivetrain with a lot of power. That four-cylinder turbo ATS the ATS's problem, and it's not a big problem, but it is a problem compared to other things in the market segment, is actually its drivetrain. The place where the 3 Series trounces it is drivetrain. The place where it beats the 3 Series is handling. And by so that, depending you mean upon power, your usage, right? You mean power yes. is what you're talking about. I, but, but when I say drivetrain, I also mean the way the transmission works with the power. It's the combination oh, of both. Okay. I don't think the engine is good enough, and I don't think the transmission is good enough mated to it. So I, that's why I say the whole drivetrain. Whereas the BMW, okay. the DCT, and their engines, it, it, you're just like, where did all this power come from? I'm looking at the number and I'm going, that's not what this feels okay. like. And just, the ATS okay. has the reverse problem. I was going to say, just to clarify, it's not that it has a problem actually operating and working. It's just the no, gearing ratios mated to the power coming out of the engine seem to be better thought through in the BMW rather than... Agreed. Agreed. No, okay. it's it's not a, it's not a problem. It's not like area. oh, don't get I'm that just, engine transmission. No, 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 it's no, no, no. Break it's, or it's, it's, it's not. Don't get it because it doesn't work. I'm just right. saying, right. If, if the kind of driving you're going to do is family hauling on a freeway or a road trip, then the handling may not matter. And the handling is the thing the ATS does the best. So I, that's the only problem. However, I do like your idea. And if it were me, I'd do ATS over Infinity G37. And I like the Infinity. I actually like it quite good. a bit. Look at this. 2013 ATS 2-liter turbo, 31,000 miles for $19,495. So bang, hits your hmm. your price cap right there. 31,000 hmm. miles is not bad for that car. It's a Go drive that car, Ben. Go drive it at least. Beautiful crystal red. I, wow, this looks really sharp. I could definitely see in one of these because it's got space. It's a good sized car. It's still mm-hmm. small and nimble. Mm-hmm. Handling, wow. And uh, yeah, I don't even. It's no think Civic that, SI. Yeah, I, I think that's. That's a huge step. To me, the, to me, the conclusion here is you, you need to go drive an ATS and get, yeah. get a sense of it for sure. You definitely should do that. And I say look at Audi A8s as well and just see. I mean, these cars are not the same, but, but compare those <laughs> two. It would be really interesting yeah. with your budget to think about, okay, so what was the original cost of this A8? What might the maintenance be? Do I need the A8? Do I prefer it? Do I like the ATS? I like that ATS suggestion. We should move on, but before we do, I am going to mention, thank you for listening to the podcast. Have you rated yet? You guys are consistently rating. We are consistently hanging out near the top 10, little tiny us. And not only are we in the top 10, but in the top 200 automotive episodes, we've got a lot of them. A lot of our back catalog is now hanging out in that group, which is great. And that is entirely due to you guys listening, sharing, and very importantly, rating. So if you've not rated the podcast yet, please do so. And also, if you're talking to somebody that you know listens to podcasts or likes cars, let them know about the car debate. We would love to have them joining us as well. So please do that if you would. Speaking of back catalog, Blake is our second car debate here, and he says he's an avid listener to the podcast, which is great. Blake, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Yeah, there's quite a bit of content for you to work through here, and uh, hopefully you're, you're getting caught up because uh, 
this is your podcast. Finally, we're getting to you. So yep. you've got to hopefully jump ahead and listen to this one because we've got some suggestions for you here based on your story, which is so interesting. And the biggest thing that's popping out here is having some problems with your Hyundai Genesis Coupe, which I'm bummed mm-hmm. to hear. This is a yeah. 2013 3.8. Oh, it's the R-Spec too. The R-Spec, Look at that. yeah. He's got it. He's got it loaded out. The 2013 3.8 R-Spec. His issue that he's having is a transmission-related issue. He's saying won't stay in sixth gear, and the second gear grinds. He has 14,000 miles. That's nothing. And he is having trouble with the dealer actually doing work under warranty. Now, I don't know that that's a Hyundai thing. It might be a dealer-specific thing. But I have to say, Blake, I am really disappointed to hear that you're having this problem. And you're having this problem to the point – this is what's really sad about this. You're having the problem that th- th- this problem to the point that you like this car, but this is so annoying and the dealer experience is so annoying, you want to get rid of it because of that. I think that's a tragedy, Which is frankly. too bad. I, I honestly – I have not heard any other problems like this, especially with Hyundais. I mean, I've just at fourteen thousand miles. That is completely unacceptable. It's nothing. Number one. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah. The dealer should take care of you immediately. I mean, especially if you bought it new from the dealer. Hello. Yeah. And well, just the fact that you're having this problem, especially with Hyundai's, because we're impressed with what they're doing, and and they've got a you know crazy warranty with them, and they're they're genuinely yeah. good cars. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. they're selling crap and putting a great warranty on them. They are good cars. We've driven them fast yeah. and hard, and they're great. So fourteen thousand miles well, seems like I'm not a hmm, something's I'm wrong. Not a, with I'm not a guy that, that I'm not car. a guy that runs to this because I think that I think that it gets overused. But I will say to you, Blake, look into your area. I mean, you say you're in the Midwest, you don't say where, but look into your area and see what the lemon law requirements are. Because I, yeah, I'm not going to point yeah. a finger at Genesis Coupes in general, but if yours is having an issue this early on that is this pronounced, see what the lemon law requires. I mean, in California, it's just kind of you wind enough and you can turn your car back in. They are they are very, very consumer friendly. But look yeah. in your area and see what's required for lemon law. Uh, it may be it may be a hassle, but it may also be worth it because the thing you're considering doing, and this is why I even bring up the lemon law thing, the thing you're considering doing is dumping this car at a loss to you. Now, my feeling is if you really have 14,000 miles and you have a problem that's not being addressed with a car that new, let's get you out of it without you taking a hit. I hate for you to take a hit on it. I would too. And I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know if you can even take it back to the dealer and say, look, I bought this here. I'm going to trade it in. And maybe they have something used on the lot that you like that would you know, fit the recommendations that we're giving you and fit what you like. Also, because of your background here, you've driven some pretty fun cars here, the 93 yeah, yeah, yeah. Camry notwithstanding, but looks like you've had a Nissan 350. <laughs> <laughs> Just fair, saying. Fair. Uh, even a yeah, ni- right. 98 Acura Integra GSR, which means you can drive stick, yep. 06 uh, 305 speed there, and uh, 350Z yeah. GT manual. The IS300. Also yeah, the yeah. Kia There's Sportage cool side. Stuff. I mean, that's not as cool, but I understand well, but, because but, you have a kid. Understandable. You had a child, and you got a, you got a Kia Sportage. I see what happened there. Yeah, I see what happened yeah. there. I, I think here's the thing. The, the love is clearly gone with this car because of this difficult experience. And I hate to hear that because you've liked the car except for this problem that you're having getting this issue addressed with dealership. That's too bad. I say look into how you can get out of it at the least cost and hassle to you. And is that the lemon law thing? And when I say when I say hassle, the lemon law thing will be a hassle. But maybe financially, it's the better way to go. So at least look yeah. into it. I mean, I'm almost and so more you're concerned going, about him getting getting out of that for less of a financial loss than getting you into the car that you've always wanted. 
You know what I mean? I'm, I'm almost more concerned yeah. about, you know, again, something on their lot or something they could do for you. And then you're out of it. Who and knows? Now Who you're knows? Yeah, I just, back on your way, you know? You know, and, and I mean, there's also the possibility they could actually fix the car. Hey, novel concept. But that seems to <laughs> oh, yeah, there seems that. to be a road. There seems to be a road that's not being taken here. So you've got a five year old and uh, your little guy is going to need some back seat room. So two seaters are out. But uh, you actually are, are looking at, OK, what's my somewhat fun car to replace this Genesis Coupe that is problematic? You're kind of circling the Ford Focus ST, which is a good choice because you actually think there's good usability here, and I agree. You, but you bemoan the fact that there aren't any rear-wheel drive compact sedans out there for your budget, which I'm guessing is going to be below 30 either way. So we've got yeah, an interesting conundrum here. Where are you here? Uh, you're right. I'm looking for a budget here, and he doesn't really share, but you know, we've got to keep it you if know, he's, fairly inexpensive. If he's, eyeing, if he's eyeing an ST and let's assume new, then we're probably talking high 20s, so it's got to so be under 30. Keep it mid-20s, maybe? Yeah, I think mid-20s is probably a safe place to be. Um, so he's asking what we think, and I've, I've got two or three, but what, uh, what's striking you here? Yeah, yeah. My mind ran to Mazda because of the, mm-hmm. the great engineering and the good luck and the fun stuff that they make. And uh, I was thinking Mazda Speed 3, somewhere in that arena, arena, just because used, you could find something. And and by I used, totally I mean something fairly recently, you know, fairly new mm-hmm. still with very low miles. And that Mazda Speed 3, I think, would be a good mix of fun, but you can put your five-year-old in the back seat and then, you know, some extra take-along stuff. It's a good road trip car. Agreed. It's it's got a good balance, even though being front wheel drive and that kind of thing. But I, I like that for the yeah, reliability its, that it represents too. It's got its torque. It's got its torque steer problem. It does. But, here's, but sure. I, I'm glad you brought it up because here's the thing: if you're going to look at the Ford Focus ST, Blake, you've got to look at the Mazda Speed Three. You just you need they're, to cross kind shop of those hand two cars hand, for sure, honestly. because they have different personalities. I'm a little more prone to the Mazda Speed Three, but. They have different personalities, but you absolutely could get one for for your approximate budget. I think you need to look at that car in addition to the Focus. Yeah, uh, you said you had some others. Uh, you were yeah thinking about. I, I don't. I'm not really sure why Infinity's on my mind tonight. But you brought up earlier, Blake, that you drove that you owned a 2006 uh, 350Z, which makes me go, okay, what about an Infinity G37 Coupe? Because it's essentially, it's essentially the nicer version. Yeah. Same it's the nicer almost. version of his Genesis Coupe. It, but it's the nicer version of his Genesis Coupe, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the more usable version of his 350 or 370, depending on how you're going to look at it. And it is the nicer version of his Genesis Coupe. You could keep everything you like about the Genesis Coupe in a different car. Hmm. I think that's hmm. worth looking from a, from a used perspective. Infinity G37 Coupe could be the answer to keep you in what you have currently. But two other kind of wild cards. Okay. Wow, one is, you've got some good cars tonight. One is, why not an Evo? I mean, uh, if he's owned, he's, he's, I mean, look, i Many reasons, many reasons, but uh, maybe not. Easy there. Easy there. I mean, look, I will acknowledge the trunk is laughable, but the back seats are usable, and it would be a lot of fun to drive. So I think I, I, I kind of want you to at least go drive the Evo because I'm kind of surprised that you aren't even looking at it. And, uh, I, I mean, you've owned a range of stuff. I think it would be fun to drive. And then my last one is Mustang EcoBoost. Hmm. Hmm. What do I think of that? I mean, 
I mean, well, here's the thing. It's it's got a lot. It checks a lot of the same boxes that Genesis Coupe does, or the Infinity that I'm throwing out. It's got a lot of the same boxes. It there. does. And you know, you're going to be in the right. You're going to have to shop smart on it. Please don't do what we had for the press car and get a thirty-eight thousand dollars four-cylinder Mustang, <laughs> which baffles my mind still. But I mean, a lot of people are saying they're finding those for high twenties. So that theoretically is your budget. If you're going to look at the Ford Focus ST, but you're bemoaning rear-wheel drive, okay. Get the Mustang EcoBoost. I mean, look, uh, your your son will probably have to slide the passenger seat forward to have enough room for his legs. But so what? So I think it's worth looking at that Mustang. Sure, that's interesting. The only reason I, I hesitate at the Evo is because as fun as it is, I don't. they're pretty high strung. And so I think of maintenance costs and yes, finding a point. used fair one point. might be kind of beat down and you think, all right, well, if it's been tracked or raced or – you know, hot rotted or whatever. Knows, I don't want you to just get who knows into how something. it's been cared for. You know what I mean? I just yes. want you to get something. Yes, it's a good suggestion. It's just a very powerful, high strung turbo car that needs money thrown at it to keep it running they're, nice. They're wound because they're wound awfully tight. We in, we have driven yeah. some that are pretty beat down and people got into them because they could afford the car, but they couldn't afford the car. They couldn't afford the maintenance. We've yeah. seen that with I mean, Nissan got GTRs, it. we've got seen a, that with Evos. Yeah. I just I just want you to be careful. I, I like it. It's a it's a good amount of space. It's just I want you to it's a, have a good re- it's a reliable car that car. needs it's a car that has a rapid maintenance schedule. I mean it comes around yeah. pretty quickly. It is going to chew through tires. I mean it is in many ways you have the same kind of maintenance problems that you do with a GTR, which means regularly and lots of consumables. So yeah, that's, that's what you know brakes tires. I see that. I see that. And that may take it right off of Blake's list. You may need something simpler. But you know what? G37 Coupe, Mustang EcoBoost, these are not complex realities. And I think they would run and, and give you your Genesis Coupe idea, but in a different body style, different uh, company. I like those. Well, in any case, uh, guys, write to us and uh, tell us what uh, what you ended up settling on, what uh, whatever it is, whether Please. it's a recommendation yep. that we that we made for you or not. Just uh, hopefully, we got you in the right mindset and got you thinking about critical issues like maintenance and mm-hmm. you know the things that fit your life. And obviously, the fun fun quotient is there. It's got to be there as well. So write to us and, and let us know. That's everydaydrivertv at gmail and, uh, yeah, keep us posted. As always, you can drop us a line for whatever reason, but uh, we love to hear from you. We're reading that. We're climbing out from under the giant digital email stack here of, uh, of letters, but uh, we like hearing it's from huge, you. Yeah. And, uh, it's wonderful. You know, write to us with your own car debate because uh, we love doing this, and, and obviously the whole point is to help you because we're, we're really thinking mm-hmm. about what would fit your life and – some people have and the budget, into, some people don't, which is fine, which is just fine. And we're getting into more and more comments. I want to take us on a little bit of a left turn for a second. We're getting into more and more comments and opportunities to meet you guys. And I want to thank you for those of you that have reached out in various capacities of late. It's been kind of random. There's a few mm-hmm. people that were taking, like, road trips this summer and rolled through somewhere where we were and went, hey, guys, it's been cool. I, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in Salt Lake. Or, hey, like, hey, guys, are you in L.A. this weekend? Let's have a conversation. We just had a chance to meet some of you in random places. That's been really cool. So thank you guys for doing that and and we we're, we've been talking we're talking today in fact about possible ways we could figure out other ways to do that so thank you guys for reaching out and for wanting to share your stories with us we really appreciate that uh, we have just this past weekend finished shooting enough that we now have content through February and I may fall over dead just at the <laughs> thought of how much editing that includes but we we actually are are, are going to be 
doing our weekly content straight through, with the exception of the last two weeks in December. We're going actually the thirty first will probably release, but the two weeks prior to that, two Thursdays prior to that in December, we are going to take off for the holidays. But before that drops, the Germany film will drop, yep. and we may even do kind of a public welcome screening on that. I'm I'm kind of saying something I shouldn't there because it's super early, but we're talking about early. maybe doing that. You're putting it out there, but that's good. I, yeah. I like that you're plugging the film because this is going to be a, a big one for us and. As Todd says, he's going to be found dead under a pile of digital footage. Hopefully not Absolutely. because uh, yep. we've got so much content we, to share with you guys. And please keep uh, letting us know how you like the Fast Blast kind of stuff and th- certainly the variety of cars because we are – yeah, we've got this huge variety. The CTSV coming up, CTSV mm-hmm. wagon, and that's just – it's such a range of cars. And I love the, the different the – different stuff that comes out of us, you know, when we're driving these mm-hmm. cars, because they all have this place in our hearts. We, you know, we like this one for this reason, but we like this one over here. And yeah. So keep letting us but know big, on uh, on all of our YouTube videos. Keep watching those. And, and the big Comparos, know. the big Comparos aren't going away either. I mean, we've got the FRS MX-5 coming up in a couple of weeks. All the big Comparos will continue as well at about their one month, once a month pace. But with a fast blast in between, we've got a lot of our long terms happening tons of stuff going on the mind boggles on this end about how much we have going on but thank you guys for listening and for watching and for liking what we do share it with a friend and uh, guess what if you're looking for us it's probably slash everyday driver and you'll find us there awesome thanks guys for listening really appreciate it and uh, we'll talk to you soon 